And hello, folks, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, coming to you from my Airstream parked in Calcheck, which is uh, a campground in Whistler, as life goes, uh, currently going through a divorce. So this is what it is, and this is home now, and, and you know, life happens, and I guess uh, even tonight's show will be tinged with a little bit of... Um, perhaps sorrow, sadness, remorse, looking forward to the future, and all sorts of feelings um, that are going through me while I continue to do my daily life. You know, it's a little bit of um, a whole new world to be uh, working in social media and doing a lifestyle brand where your ultimate goal is to inspire people to get out there, to explore, to do adventures, to perhaps even, um, you know, build their own brand and look for a life unleashed. And yet, here I am going through my own life stories and my own life um, issues and, uh, and the sadness of, uh, of family splitting that, uh, that somehow I have to, like, be that social media guy who is pushing to be happy, joyous, adventurous, and all that jazz, and yet, at the same time, uh, is going through a lot of uh, difficulties. And, you know, there's been a lot of people over the years that said, you know, we want to see more of the raw side uh, to your life and, and get involved in that. And, and I've always kind of showed the uh, sunnier side of stuff. And perhaps, you know, perhaps, perhaps it's time to take that tangent a little bit to more the raw style of, you know, showing what, what one is going through. That being said, no, I will not be diving into divorce chat today. Instead, I'm talking about how to start your social media brand uh, and lifestyle. And over the years, this changes so much and so quickly that perhaps what I say today will never not be applicable tomorrow. And perhaps it shall. So taking you through what you have to do to start your own social media uh, and lifestyle brand, from Facebook to Instagram to working with brands, here's how to kick it off. So first off, you must begin with conceptualizing what is your brand and um, what is your market? And so when you say to yourself, in our case, it was, well, we are at the time canoe trippers and backcountry uh, aficionados. Um, and so that's where we... Uh, said to ourselves, okay, that's our niche, that's our market. And take into account that like any business, as things go, uh, perhaps the brand changes and um, and ideas come and, and change the way you work and perhaps even your product changes. So don't get too focused on what you're launching with, but what will be uh, a long time from now or on the longer term, what will be uh, what you're looking to create. So we started with the niche market of backcountry camping, and this said to us, okay, um, we're going to start a Facebook page, and on that Facebook page, we're going to put all of our adventures, and it was very raw and real, um, with no, no edits, and uh, perhaps even you could tell by the clothing we were wearing, uh, old Pima Cotton Armani Exchange uh, shirts that would <laughs> most definitely not be our chosen attire today. But what I found interesting at the time is that people realized that even though um, we weren't uh, avid explorers at the time, that we were just really getting into the concept, that they still uh, could see that it was real because we were going from being 
uh, Gucci wearing Prada shoes, etc., to uh, a life jacket and a paddle in our hand. And, um, and so that changed, you know, so that, so then we started to go do a lot of canoe camping and I started to do a lot of those trips. And I, uh, said to myself, you know, I'm going to reach out to the brands that I most, uh, would like to work with in the field that I most love. And that being, of course, uh, backcountry camping and canoeing and kayaking. So, so I started to reach out to tent companies and sleeping bag companies and, um, and brands like that to say, hey, you know, I'll take some wicked photos and videos of your brands uh, in the outdoors and create some awesome content. Because at the time, I think I only had like a thousand Facebook fans. And um, and at the time, uh, I said, you know, like, I'll, I'm creating content for you because I really didn't have a following. Um, and the brand started to say, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll give you a tent and a sleeping bag and mattress and um, hiking boots and hiking poles and camera cases. And, and so that, you know, very quickly developed into asking many different brands in the domain of backcountry life for gear. So identify your market. Then if you're looking at a way to grow it in the things you do, then you reach out to the brands that are involved in the type of um, whatever your niche is. If it's cupcakes, then reach out to the baking company that makes the machines or the, the you know, your, your stir pots and, and the pans and pots and uh, molds for baking and stuff. So you reach out to the brands that you most want to work with in your niche. And at the very beginning, please, a lot of people on social media say, how dare brands ask us for an exchange when I'm a professional photographer and I deserve to be paid immediately, even though nobody has ever heard my name and nobody has ever seen my content. So, so no, I say to you, um, when you're first starting out and you really want to build um, a relationship with these brands, that you simply... Um, reach out to them and see what you can exchange because perhaps at the time you still don't have something uh, tangible to offer in terms of reach, but you do have content. And if you can create really cool content, then brands are like, hey, that's pretty neat. And if you get your foot in the door enough for them to want to give you some of their gear, then uh, then amazing because then you can parlay that into um, requesting uh, some money for a trip that you're doing a shoot on or for certain expenses that are going to be on a project that you're going to be creating content on and things as such. But it becomes a great stepping stone. And I tell people time and time again that uh, the first times that uh, that I reached out to brands, it would be a backpack or some boots. And then the second time for a different project or a year later, even uh, it would be, hey, you know, can I have uh, a thousand bucks because I'm going to Tofino and I'm shooting uh surfing and uh, I'd love to have some budget for the campground while I'm going to be shooting uh, your wetsuits and uh, and Brands would say yeah, yeah yeah I totally get that so here's some gear and the wetsuits um, and then it would develop into hey you know um, uh, once again with the same brand it would be like hey I'm doing a bigger trip I'm going uh, international and, uh, and there's a lot of value in the content I'm creating because I'm doing it over a longer period of time and that's one of the key tricks that I've done is that when I'm telling a brand that I'm going somewhere, I don't just go for five days to try and rifle off whatever content is. So I go for a month and this allows me to hit the windows of weather and, and the opportunities of adventure that would create the best content. Because what if you have six days of perpetual rain while you're there, then you come back with a soggy jacket and not much content. So 
one of the the things I would do is say, okay, so I'm going international. I'm spending a lot of time there. I would really appreciate your support on, say, I need a camper van in order to move around the country, um, or or I need some budget for the flights because in that at the time I was going with my with my uh, ex and and uh, one of the kids. So so that's when. Um, you would say, hey, can I have five grand? And brands would start to say yes. And it was really funny because as I kept upping my price, brands would say yes more quickly. But I I do think that that's simply because I had built a reputation with them. While at the same time, when you value yourself, others will value you more. And I guess that applies in life and not just business. <laughs> um I, I think so. Yeah, I, I could speak from personal experience to that right now, um, and um, and so then that developed into brands reaching out and say, "Hey, we'd like you to be our annual ambassador next year for whichever uh, brand it might be," and uh, and the pay is fifteen or twenty grand um, for for the year, and uh, we ask that you do X amount of posts and content and and we know that you work really well because you've been doing this a long time, and and uh, and we see your history here. And that developed into uh, now a nice, comfortable um, margin because if you've got a few brands like that and then you've got a few brands paying five to 15 grand for an independent project, then it adds up quite quickly. Not to mention the fact that if you can get stuff sponsored at all of these destinations, then you can also uh, expand your brand as well. Corey Brown says, good advice, my friend. Thank you very much, Corey. Really appreciate that. Um, here and here and there, maybe on a Tuesday, I have good advice. <laughs> Is it Tuesday today? Oh no, it's not. Oh well. <laughs> but um, so so when you're starting off, obviously don't go directly for the jugular, saying "Give me ten thousand dollars and I will shoot for you." But perhaps go and say, you know, I really love your product and I'm really going to use it in the coolest of ways, such a cool way that it would be fantastic. Gave it to me and I could use it. And you know, in all sincerity, I still do this with the brands that perhaps are not in my niche market. They're on the peripheral of what I do, but at the same time, they have something that's very valuable to me, like an e-bike or a couple of e-bikes. Um, and suddenly you're looking at a $20,000 $20, exchange for what you create. So, so that's another thing. So, but don't start, but build on those relationships to get to that point. And, and a lot of people ask me, well, your social media, you know, you didn't grow to millions of fans. Although at some points we did reach up to a million people a week, um, with all the algorithm changes and whatnot. But, um, but the truth is that at the end of the day, my niche in the business became not so much reach, but more content. And, the social media aspect of it is a bonus to my creation. And therefore, when brands are looking at the IG or the FB uh, of my, or the TW, is that be for Twitter, <laughs> of, of my social media, it's really by using it as a CV to see what type of content I create and particularly to see if you're continuously doing adventures and creating content. Because while one trip somewhere might not be the most lucrative of trips, perhaps because you didn't get as many sponsors on it or brands, but it's something you really wanted to do, like kite surf in a really cool remote destination. Um, when they see that you're continuously active and doing amazing things, this is when they say, hey, that guy is awesome. <laughs> and by them believing that you're awesome, um, then obviously it lends itself to them wanting to work with you. 
Um, so that's definitely one of the uh, aspects regarding constantly creating, using your social media for brands to use as a CV to see who you are, what you do, and, and what's up. You know, a big part or a, a good chunk of the marketing directors of the brands that I shoot for are frequently watching uh, my stories to see what I'm up to. And I think that's great because it also creates a human uh, touch to the relationship that you have with these brands instead of being so simply formal through emails and whatnot, it becomes that they know who you are. They know what you do. They, they know that there's ups and downs and they see um, the content that you create and therefore um, make opinions on that. Like, oh, hey, should we work on with this guy or not? Now, one of the cool things when you're starting out is that you really the, have to understand that the first of anything is the hardest to get. So the first luxury hotel will be the hardest to get. The first um, maybe camper van rental uh, will be the large, uh, hardest to get. And the first uh, tent company will be the largest to get. But if you do a great enough job with the first one that you got, then... Um, then they will see that, hey, you know what? Um, that's pretty cool what that guy did with that other tent company. We should give him a shot and do something with him as well. Um, and But, you know, I have <laughs> a dirty little secret, but I have at one point faked it till I made it, <laughs> if you can say it like that. But um, it was for our honeymoon and um, for, with my ex, and she was paying the plane tickets and I was paying going to take care of the rest of the trip. And um, so she said, okay, um, you take care of all the hotels, all the car rentals, and all the activities. I'll do the hotel. So I reached out to 10 or so, and they all said nay. They all said no, thank you, not interested. And I was dejected. But then I thought, you know what, I'm going to tweak it so that for these hotels, I'm going to make them think that the shots that I took on the PDF that I sent were mine. And indeed they were not. They were taken off terrible internet and hotel after hotel said yes and then when I got to those villas and hotels and I created spectacular imagery and videos and promotion with said uh, companies or, or hotel owners or villa owners then they were also duly impressed that they decided to continue working with me and like for example one um, property management company would say, hey, you know, what you did with that villa was super rad. I've got four more villas that I could do. Could you do four nights, five days, each one for the next month? And that's when I said, yeah, sure, I can totally do that. And I'll stick around uh, for a few more months to do that. And when you're able to cover your, what I like to say is your vehicle and your lodging, those are the most two important things that you want to cover on a shoot because if you've got that covered then um, basically you can stay at a destination almost as long as you want to create content and um, that's I learned early on but you've got to wow the after doing the first one or the first one in order for the following ones to want to work with you and this indeed did work for us um, because I used the content and it the, the Turks and Caicos trip that we had done for our honeymoon um was the first trip where I was ever requesting luxury things. So for a few years, we'd already been doing adventure gear, travel gear, scuba gear, backpacks, sleeping bags, and all that jazz. Um, but then came the attempt or desire to do luxury stuff. And lo and behold, um, after that Turks and Caicos trip, it, it catapulted um, my concept up into uh, something that became 
really easy and had its formula to do. And for the last 15 years or so, 13, 14 years, I've been doing that, using that formula to create an extraordinary life. Um, so authenticity is also one of the things that brands, um, will frequently say like, Hey, you know, is this guy authentic? And is that, is that, that reason enough to want to work with, with them, you know? And I think it, it's a mix of creating spectacular content, being authentic and that interpersonal relationship of meeting the people behind the brands that allows them to say, Hey, you know, this is someone we want to work with. And there's a few ways that that can come about because a lot of people say, well, if I can't go to a trade show, how am I going to meet the people behind the brands? Well, if you're doing frequent Instagram stories, um, especially in today's day and age, and these brands are following along, then there they can truly see you for who you are and see if you are authentic. Um, and if that is um, the personality and the like liking side of you, you know, then they'll say, you know what? Yeah, we'll work with this guy. He makes really cool content, happens to seem to be <laughs> like a nice fellow on, uh, on the stories. And that gives them that interpersonal connection that uh, I guess we so miss on an email or text message or even phone call. Um, and then they, they'll come on board and say, hey, you know, this, this sounds good. Um, another thing when you're starting off is not to be um, dejected when you're rejected. <laughs> um, I like words. Anybody ever notice that? I do like words. Um, and because uh, there's going to be a lot of rejection, particularly at the beginning. You know, I had, you know, had a lot of people say no and no thank you and we're all good or simply not answer. And my theory on that in life is that you simply don't know if you don't ask. And I tend to be more surprised by the yes frequency than I am of the no. And that's a great thing because if you can brush off a no off your shoulder, then, um, then you can knock on the next door without even missing a step. And you'll be surprised that the next door will often say yes. And because they said yes, then the next door will say yes and so on and so forth. And so you start building a brand about whatever it is that you love to do. Um, what few other tips can I tell you? You know, my concept has, or our, it was our, now mine, and still our, I guess, because I still got my, obviously, little ones forever as part of the concept, um, is continuously changing. And adapting is, I think, one of the biggest things. You know, I thought we would lose a ton of sponsors when I decided to do, to have children, or we decided to have children. And lo and behold, we did not, actually. We, we gained different sponsors from different brands that, that didn't, I didn't imagine before would come on board. So that's another uh, aspect of it all that I, I highly recommend is um, not being shy to, to ask, number one, and uh, not being dejected when you get rejected and, um, and simply to keep, uh, to keep knocking on doors because what's the worst they can say? And that is simply no. Um, also, keeping up with the times, that's where I was going on the tangent that I think I kind of went off on, is keeping up with the times. So it used to be that uh, brands would be like really impressed when I'd tell them, hey, I'm going to give you 60 high-res photos um, that are 15 megapixels <laughs> at the time, right? Or 20 megapixels. And they'd be like, oh, amazing, yes, we can use these for all sorts of marketing and advertising. And uh, 
And then it became the video world came in and the people started to create a lot more video content. And, and so I started to offer more video content and say, Hey, I'm going to be shooting videos and I'm doing these short videos and long videos and B-roll videos and brands love B-roll videos because it allows them to create their own clip of whatever it is it may be. Um, using your content. And I can, uh, for example, there's Pelican Cases that has used our B-roll video content. There's Pelican Kayaks that has used our B-roll video content. Currently Wolf and Grizzly um, for the fire stuff and Mustang Survival and, and on and on and Jeep and Discovery and, and more. have So many of them have used simple B-roll content for their own uh, marketing purposes. So that's one of the things that uh, we quickly adapted to. And then these little cameras with Choppers and wings came out, and um, and then the drone world was born, and uh, we were very quick to jump on board to that and start telling brands, "Hey, I've got drone videos for you, and they're super cool, and I'm traveling with two drones everywhere I go, just in case one breaks, and things like that." And uh, and brands were like, "Ooh, he's you know he's keeping up with the times of whatever it is maybe going on, and and he's on to drone videos, and we'd love some drone videos," and so so that became the next thing, and then. Um, even the 360 content at first, I, I did jump in on that one and start creating it, but I found it quite complicated at the beginning before the cameras got to be so advanced as they were then. That being said, I think a lot of brands did say, Hey, excuse me. Um, Hey, we'll jump on board with this guy, um, with, uh, with that 360 content. So even though down the road, I ended up kind of getting out of the whole 360 content thing, um, I did get clients come on board uh, for it. And then, of course, there's uh, adapting to or get, or getting the different cameras. Like one of the most, I guess, uh, important purchases, important would be a strong word, but one of a, a great purchase for, for my business has been simply having the newest iPhone because the camera's evolution, each camera that comes out is so quick that by having the best gear at the latest time, you know, at the best gear, the earliest time, um, then, then you're creating amazing content in the, in the image uh, and the quality that brands are looking for. And particularly if you're using social media as a platform to, uh, to, to, heart, to show these videos and whatnot, um, then obviously having a great phone, great video quality and great slow-mo video and cinematic now and all of that stuff adds a lot to the content creation. So keeping up to date with the gear is a big aspect as well when you're starting your niche. Now, I did always notice and I have noticed that over the years that there's a lot of photographers that I used to follow didn't change their cameras as frequently that I thought they would. And, um, and it's really funny because I used to change them like crazy and very frequently. And then it's funny, I got into this mode where where I guess on my bigger DSLRs, I was like, hey, you know, the, the difference between a 45 and a 55 megapixel photo isn't going to be that much. So I've stayed for a few of the, with a few cameras for much longer than I would have. And I, does that mean I'm becoming that old photographer now? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, because just a few days ago, I turned 40. And uh, as much as you might not believe it, life does fly by in the last... Uh, 15 years have been incredible. I have, um, you know, a million good things to say about my ex with which I, uh, Shireen, with which I traveled to so many wonderful destinations and did so many incredible activities. Um, and, and we had a great stint uh, doing it. And, uh, but as they say, you know, life happens and the show must go on. And so um, we will both be doing, I'm sure, our own 
concepts on either side and both when we have the kids we'll each be do, doing that as well and and that's amazing because at the end of the day uh, the kids benefit enormously from from this lifestyle that we give them uh, what else could I recommend when you're first starting out is networking and networking with the right people. You know, a lot of people might be in your niche. And if you're, I don't know, you're doing uh, the cupcakes again. <laughs> and so reach out to other people that are in that cupcake domain. Because I think one of the harder lessons that I learned over time is that I used to try and think that by sharing with so many different creators, I would be almost, hmm, excuse me. By doing things with other creators, I would almost be sending the brands that I was working with to them. And uh, and I didn't think much about it as vice versa, because I always saw myself as working with more people than the other people were working with. And, and I think that hurt me at the end of the day in regards to not having grown the concept and numbers to the reach that I did. Because it is important to network with people out there. And the karma is good on propping other people up. And I think in the last few years, as I've looked to prop other people people up more so, and in my own business relationships as well, that uh, that it has had an absolutely positive correlation of whatever it is that I've been doing. So go into when you're beginning out, you know, start reaching out to the people that do what you do or what you're interested in doing as a niche, and ask them questions. I've had so many people that over time, you know, used to reach out to us and ask us things. Anyone from Taylor Michael Burke to Cal Snape uh, to Moon Mountain Man to uh, Rene Roaming to Do You Travel to Chelsea Kawhi to Taylor, uh, Taylor Burke, not Taylor Burke, oh, to Travis Burke, um, to all of these people, they all at some point um, were reaching out to me and asking how it is that I made a living doing what I do. And... The, the funny thing about this is that so many of them became quite, quite large in their concepts. And some of them really had barely even started when uh, they were reaching out and asking to, to hang out and to ask questions. Like the, the Walton Adventure was another one. Um, and they've done quite well as well. And um, Max Explore and, and so many different, uh, yeah, so many different influencers have over the years um, reached out to us and uh, Rachel Moore uh, asking how we do things because we're really good at it. And even though we might not have the reach of many others, um, we still inspire people enough for them, these brands, and create content cool enough for these brands to want to work with us. So um, another thing I was going to say is when, when a lot of these people yeah, started, like they're reaching out, they were tiny. And some of them are in like the millions of fans now. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> These people are charging $10,000 a post. And here I am doing a podcast. No, I kid you not. I kid you. You know, it has been uh, a spectacular life for us. But I guess one of the things we do is we tend to look up uh, at others that we look up to before looking at our own accomplishments. And our accomplishments have been many, says the guy who's living out of his airstream by the river now. <laughs> um, what else would be a cool thing for you to know is definitely if you use different platforms, like I've always been a bit tired of posting on each and every different platform. And by God, I don't think you even have a website right now, but, and yet somehow my brand has been successful with that. But do I think it'll be more successful as I, um, develop, uh, these, you know, things that perhaps I've left behind? Yes, of course. 
Um, and that's, that's definitely understandable. But, oh yes, I was going to say, use these different platforms because one of the neat arguments, particularly if you're reaching out to a brand that's in a older demographic is you're saying to them, Hey, Facebook, uh, or Hey, uh, I don't know, uh, truck brand, Toyota, um, your uh, target market is uh, 35 to 55. And it just so happens that while my Instagram followers are 25 to 35, um, my Facebook followers are 45 on average. And, and so, um, and so the Toyota says, Oh, hey, yeah, that's more towards our target market of who we're looking to reach. And so um, they'll tend to work with you because of that added uh, reach as well. Um, one of our greatest um, aspects, which if you can start pitching or you have a way to do at the beginning is to do cross marketing. Because if you um, are telling one brand like, hey, you know, you're in the canoe business and I'm working with a life jacket brand. So inadvertently, when I'm promoting that life jacket brand and I'm paddling your canoe, inadvertently, I'm promoting your canoe. So through cross-marketing, you're telling brands like, hey, you know, do you understand that I'm reaching the exact target market for whatever it is you do? And then that's when brands tend to say, hey, you know, that's, that's pretty true. <laughs> uh, maybe we should work with this guy. I mean, so many reasons to work with this guy. <laughs> this guy being me, of course, right? <laughs> um, and um, so if you can, like, put that somehow into your, your market. You know, a lot of uh, influencers that are in the world of, restauration or restaurants, um, they will often parlay the fact that they're working in uh, promoting restaurants that are parts of a hotel into having their stay at the hotel as well. So suddenly the foodie or foodie uh, influencer is now not only uh, getting food, but also getting lodging. And suddenly it becomes a great uh, pairing, particularly when uh, doing international travels. So that's a few other tips. Um, but I guess the biggest kickoff is just taking the first step and starting your social media pages. Because even before your company is registered and incorporated uh, and you've got your first check coming in, if you are able to launch um, an idea and you get to see that there is uh, interest in that idea, then then my friends, um, then you can get companies to, to understand that your idea is wicked. So, um, so there you go. Um, I think it's now time for me to go pick up my daughter and bring her back to the airstrip. Um, because that is part of the new life. <laughs> and, um, and it's beautiful outside and I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm grateful for the lifestyle I've had, the kids I have and the future to come. Because, folks, everything can always be worse. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. I'm Roberto from the Expeditioners. Expeditioner.